welcome to a very special edition of Disclosure, brought to you from the very safe, very sterile underground studio in Loveland, Colorado, where, just like you, we find ourselves practicing the fine art of social isolation in a world where, well, now the slightest of coughs can turn every head in the room. Just, uh, just a few days ago, I had to run to the office depot for something. I needed it in order to keep on working, and I got into the office depot, folks, and there may have been two people in there. Three customers, maybe, spread out across, what, 50,000 square feet, whatever the square footage is in there. And hundreds of feet away, I heard a little cough. And I found myself just like a marmot, standing up and looking around because I had to know, where did that cough come from? Of course, what we're talking about today, just in case you're listening to a rerun in the distant future, we're talking about COVID-19 or the coronavirus which for many people around the world, you know, well, we like to keep, uh, it's good to keep your sense of humor alive in hard times. But for a lot of people, this is no laughing matter. In fact, if you're watching the news, and I don't know how in the world you would miss this, this seems to be the only thing on the news these days. I'm dying for some news story that isn't COVID-19. Just one story would be good. But if you're watching, you've seen what's going on in the world right now. And Maybe in particular what has been happening in the country of Italy, where this thing seems to have hit harder than any other part of the world, at least right now as I'm sitting in studio and I'm looking at the last week or two. And the stories that are coming out of Italy are less than reassuring. Millions of people on lockdown, confined to their homes, wondering who will be the next to succumb to this incredibly contagious version of the coronavirus. I actually heard one story, folks, a little while ago. I'm sure you heard it, too. One poor lady in Italy whose husband succumbed to the disease, and he passed away at home. But everybody was too terrified to come and collect his body, and so she was stuck in her apartment. She's not allowed to leave. And her husband, who had passed away, is also in the apartment. And uh, so they're not coming for the body. She has to stay in there. And so there she is, by herself, with the body of her husband, and not knowing if or when she'll be delivered from that awful situation. And that is, that's awful. I know that it's only, you know, a, a relatively small percentage of people that have the worst things happen to them in this. But when it spreads across the world, that starts adding up to an awful lot of people. And my heart goes out to people that the worst, well, it's happening to them. I know I asked my wife, what would you do if we were in that situation and they're not coming to get me? And and I know it's going to sound humorous, but it seems like the right thing. She says, I guess I'd have to put you in the freezer, you know, and just and, and it, it, that makes sense. At least it's something. And we all find ourselves trying to think ahead. What would we do if it's a different world right now? So here's what we're seeing in the world. We see right now both the worst things that life on planet Earth has to offer and at the same time, we're seeing some of the best things that life has to offer. They're all showing up at the same time. It's kind of reflecting this great conflict or controversy that's happening in the background of the universe, the thread that you find all the way through the Bible. There are the good and the bad, and they manifest in a crisis. I mean, that's one of the themes in the Bible. And right now we're seeing that. And I would suggest that... Maybe that means that right now we have this unique opportunity to study human nature, to pursue what is good 
in the midst of anxiety and suffering. And to learn something about the essence of life on earth, and maybe something about the way that God is present in tough times, and he deals with our anxiety and our pain and suffering, finding where God is when we hurt. So this show today is going to be different. What we're going to do is just talk. I have no idea where the discussion will go, because we're going through this just like you are, practicing social distancing, learning how to live at home without contact. I've got Jean in studio with me, mm-hmm. Hi. and uh, we can be in the same room because we happen to be married, right? Right. So right. we can practice social isolation together. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of the glass, we've got Ruben Gomez, executive producer of this show, and Also happens to be the voice of Jacob P. Donovan on Discovery Mountain. And we've got you isolated between us and a thick pane of glass because I'm not sure I trust you. You know, I don't blame you. No, (laughs) no. I heard you cough a minute ago. You inhaled something, though, right? I did. I did. But nobody believes me, so hey. (laughs) I know. It happened to me yesterday. I I was eating a pecan. I I, uh, inhaled a little piece, and I coughed, and suddenly everybody within a 100-foot radius looked over at me. And... (laughs) We're just going to talk today, folks. That's what we're going to do. Uh, we'll smile where we smile, cry with you where it's appropriate to cry. Because, you know, this is not World War One. This is not World War Two. It's not those crises, at least not at this point. But it's a big deal to a lot of people. And we know everybody out there is going through this just like we are. And maybe as we talk and chat in a casual way, you will, uh, you'll find something here to help you navigate the weeks that lie ahead. So here we are, Ruben and Gene and me. I'm Sean, host of Disclosure from the people at The Voice of Prophecy. Listen, just before we get going, though, I want to do something special. Let me say a very special hello to all of our listeners on Life Talk Radio. Life Talk Radio is a very special network that I've always personally been very proud to be a part of. And I just want to say to all of you, wherever you happen to be hunkered down right now, dealing with this crisis, always remember this. This might have caught us by surprise, but it didn't catch your Heavenly Father by surprise. And he's got a plan to get you through this and use this as an opportunity to deepen your relationship with him. All right, you guys, listen, I know we talk about our faith. It's easy to talk about faith when everything is going right. It's easy to talk about our relationship with God when the world is rosy, but I think here we have an opportunity to actually know God a little better and see things about him we wouldn't learn under other circumstances and Mm -hmm. maybe deepen our sense of dependence on God, right? Our sense of dependence on a heavenly father. And it's a chance for us to see that no matter how bad things look, I mean, sometimes we, we describe first world problems and we say, um, oh, life is bad and hard. And we say those in good times, and then when bad times come, we discover what hard really is. Mm -hmm, That's true. And it brings us to a new level. I think there's opportunity in this crisis. And here's what I want to say, I guess, as we kick off our, our, our discussion. This is not a great moment for anybody. But there's one thing I know for sure. If I just want to kick the football down the field and see where we catch it. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's what I know for sure, based on Romans 8 and verse 28. Not everything in this world is good, but there we have a promise that God can take anything in our life and work it together. The Bible says, work it together for the good of those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. So not everything is good. A preacher friend of mine decades ago used to say, man, chocolate cake is delicious. 
But have you ever tried tasting all the ingredients by themselves, a raw egg or a spoonful of cocoa powder? They're bad. (laughs) And so God's idea is not the bad things. We did that to this planet, but he can work it together for good. So, Reuben and Jean, let's... um, Let's just talk about what's going on. What kinds of things have you been observing or noticing about the current situation? What are some of the stories out there that have caught your attention? Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, living through this experience with coronavirus and hearing the news, and of course, we're located in the United States. So this is how it's been for us as U.S. citizens experiencing it. Just tracking it has been very interesting to me. You know, we for, I personally first heard about this virus and how it was impacting people in China back in January. So I thought, oh, that's interesting. People are being isolated. They're watching new hospitals being built on live webcams. And, and I seem to remember hearing then that some of the construction workers and people who were building these makeshift hospitals became like superstars because everyone was stuck at home <laughs> it's watching the new them. On live webcams. I thought, oh, that's fascinating. And sort of of paid attention to it, but it it didn't impact myself personally. I remember, Sean, you and um, our associate, Kurt Johnson, you were getting ready to go to Russia with Alex. Yeah, that's right. And we were sitting in an airport um, at the Atlanta airport. And I said to you guys, there's a virus. Watch yourself while you're traveling. Like, uh, Clean your hands. Take some hand sanitizer. Right. We all kind of just looked at me like, yeah, whatever. And <laughs> Did we really? Did we dismiss you? More or yeah. less. Moscow was not point, ground. Yeah. Moscow wasn't ground zero. You're laughing. <laughs> Have you ignored your wife's advice, Ruben? No comment. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But at that point, it was right around the 15th or the 20th of January in that window. It it hadn't impacted us personally yet. Right. And so to see now the progression, like every week, you know, first it was sort of like, oh, maybe we should pay attention to getting basic supplies in the house. And then there were jokes about toilet paper. And then it became a reality where we're all watching the cases in our local counties go up, 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 up. And now I'm seeing resources online for people who are experiencing severe anxiety over this situation. So just the progression of those events has been really fascinating to me. Man, what have, what's been your experience over at your house, Ruben? I mean, you've got a young family, and you're watching this carefully. Yeah, for sure, we're watching it real carefully. We've, you know, we've got a couple of um, potentially high risk people in the house, including myself, and and uh, and then you know you worry about the kids, and and mm-hmm. you know, stats are one thing, you know, but but this virus is so new f- still for everybody um, that that you don't know. Yeah, so it's affecting one group of people right now. But who's to say that won't change as more people get infected, as the infection rates go up? And so, yeah, we're we're definitely practicing social distancing. We're, you know, avoiding, you know, everything except the essentials right now. Um, but, you know, at the same time, we're, we're trying to keep a sense of normalcy in the house mm-hmm. for right. the kids. Mm-hmm. And for us, us. Cause, and the um, ages of your kids, just for reference's yeah. sake, they're, they're still pretty young. They are. I've got a 6-year-old and an 11-year-old. Yeah. And, and this mm-hmm. stuff really does get to them, parents. You don't, you know, you just never underestimate the, the anxiety that they feel. Um, they may not show it, but, but the best thing that, that I think you can do is really just um, try to maintain routine. Mm-hmm. As the schools close, have, have some sort of routine going on. And... Um, 
play games and 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 make sure that they feel okay and secure mm -hmm. so that's that's kind of our goal right now we're we're actually getting to know the neighbors a lot better now you Isn't know? That everybody's on the porch of course you you're know? not having them into your house no we're not no just <laughs> saying hello yeah. from six feet away exactly exactly <laughs> we have a facebook group for the neighborhood and we're all talking Ooh. there and we have kind of no kidding scavenger hunts going on in the neighborhood oh what so, a great yeah. idea is oh, yeah. smart. it's a lot of fun wow we got uh, teddy bears in everybody's windows, and so the the goal is maintaining 20 feet from each family or so. We're walking around or taking bikes around the house and taking pictures of everybody's teddy bears in the house. So the kids love oh, that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You I guys like are that. doing this way better than I am. <laughs> yeah. You know what I find interesting is that you, here you're finding you're getting to know the neighbors much better. Yeah. Isn't it odd? How when we were perfectly free to get our, to know our neighbors, you didn't. Yeah. Right, right. And now when you're not allowed to have yeah. contact with your neighbors, I mean, I'm thinking of those poor people in Italy. Yeah. And at first it's dire. What was it? 16, 17 million people under lockdown. Right. And so, I mean, that's the hard story. And the story I told earlier of the woman whose husband died at home, those are the hard stories. But then I'm sure everybody listening saw that YouTube moment mm. where everybody comes out on the yes. balconies and they start singing together. Yes. And there's real community yeah. for the first time. We don't have real community. We know the damage that social media has actually done to relationships. Yes. It alienates people. Those aren't solid relationships. But suddenly it pivots in a crisis, and a lot of people with Facebook and other places are really building genuine community. Mm -hmm. I see the timer running close to a break, and so we're going to have to take a break. We're talking about COVID-19 and you, a casual conversation. We're going to be looking at the Word of God. We'll be talking about what's going on in everybody's life right now. And so I'm going to take a little break. And we'll be right back after this. Are you searching for answers to life's toughest questions like, where is God when we suffer? Can I find real happiness? Or is there any hope for our chaotic world? The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or give us a call at 888 456-7933 for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online on our secure website or have the free guides mailed right to your home. There is never a cost or obligation. The Discover Bible Guides are our free gift to you. Find answers and guides like, Does My Life Really Matter to God? and A Second Chance at Life. You'll find answers to the things that matter most to you in each of the 26 Discover Bible Guides. Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. Welcome back from the break. You're listening to Disclosure from the good people at The Voice of Prophecy. My name is Sean Boonstra. I'm sitting in studio with my wife, Jean, our executive producer, Ruben Gomez. And of course, by saying, when I say sitting in the same room, it's not exactly true. We are hunkered down for COVID-19 and practicing the ultimate in social distancing. We are all, the entire crew is sitting in separate rooms. So I've got Reuben in the control room, and then two panes of glass behind that, I can see Harim, who gets fired every week. You'll remember him. He gets fired every week on the he's show. Famous. Yeah, and now he's been pushed out of the control room into a dark room beyond. And so, um, but we do take it seriously. We're mm -hmm. exercising the, an abundance of caution. We have about 40 people that work here in the building, and we've set up virtual offices for as many as is possible. And, um, and we take it seriously because we don't know who it is that's going to be hit hard. We're just 
we're doing something a little different. We're slowing down a little today and joining you in some of the thoughts that you're having out there talking about this COVID-19 epidemic. And I know that we've been told that 97, 98 percent, whatever the number is from the CDC, they're guessing most of us are going to have, uh, you know, a fairly uncomfortable illness, but we'll be fine. And it's the 3.4 percent or wherever they've left that number that are really going to face a tragedy here. And so we're talking about this. We're just talking about thoughts and how does a Christian relate to something like this. And we mentioned a moment ago that, you know, we see some great moments coming out of this when the Italians went out on their balconies and decided we're a community. And Mm -hmm. we're actually seeing community come out. And Ruben, just before the... um, Break, you talked about something your neighborhood is doing with teddy bears. And yeah. I know, Gene, you had a question about that in the yeah. break. I said, no, no, save that for when we're on the air. <laughs> well, um, yeah, you mentioned, Ruben, that your your neighborhood is connecting through a Facebook group and that you're yeah. putting teddy bears in your windows. What I just was curious, what are the teddy bears about? Is it a sign to, like, this house is okay, or is it just like a camaraderie thing? What's that all about? You know, at the end of the day, it's something, well, at the very basic level, it's something for families and kids to do. Mm. Something fun, okay. something that keeps everybody's mind kind of grounded. We don't have to panic. We don't have to go crazy here, even as we practice social distancing. It's something that has really brought neighborhoods together. This is actually starting to go viral. Um, You've got, uh, you know, a bunch of neighborhoods starting to do this. And, um, you know, and there's nothing like a teddy bear for a kid. You know, they Mm -hmm. just, to see teddy bears in the window, you know, my kids went on a bike ride. Uh, We we went around the neighborhood, the entire neighborhood, about 150 houses. And um, a fair number of them have teddy bears in their windows, including ours. And it's just something that, hey, look at that teddy bear. It's fun. And um, yeah, I guess camaraderie is positive. Mm -hmm. It, It calms everybody down. It says, hey, we can still, we can still have fun, even though things are oh, different. I love that. Isn't that yeah. great? Yeah. You know, we have a 17-year-old who's stuck at home with us. Yeah, our baby. And our 20-year-old's about to come home from college. But, um, you know, it hadn't quite hit me, Ruben, until I was talking to our colleague here, Joel, who's a producer for the show this morning. He said, you know, yeah, we can go outside, but we can't even do playgrounds with the kids. Yeah. Because kids touch yeah. everything, and then they touch their faces, yes. et cetera. And Those so, who have had little kids know that kindergarten is a Petri dish. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> so I think that's really neat, what you're doing with the teddy bears. It gives ah, the yeah. kids something to look for when yeah. you're out for bike rides and family walks, which are not as fun as playgrounds. No, I know that's that right. somewhere in the basement, I still have my teddy bear. Now, my teddy bear's in rough shape. He's 50 years old. Oh, hey, that's the best kind of teddy bear. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 I think it's actually... I actually have an actual teddy bear. It's not just a generic teddy bear. I have one of the ones named after Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, really? Yeah. That shows you how old I am. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a real brand name teddy bear, and he's had his eye yeah, sewn back fixed, on and fixed yeah, him fixed him up a little, up bit, a little bit. Yeah, he needed mm-hmm. it. I, here's one thing I'm finding really interesting in this thing is how much we're leaning on celebrities. And this is maybe mm-hmm. an oddball an oddball observation. But if you go back in history, you'll find there was a shift in Western culture. Years ago, our heroes were people of, you know, I don't mean to disparage any entertainers out there, but there were people of actual accomplishment. So Einstein was a kid's hero, Mm -hmm. or Amelia Earhart 
was a kid's hero, or Charles Lindbergh, or something like that, all the way up to when I was a kid, Neil Armstrong was still a hero. And then we had a cultural shift where our heroes became athletes and entertainers, and I really don't mean to disparage it, but I find it interesting that the news we hang on now is which celebrity tested positive. So you've got Tom Hanks and his wife down in Australia, and my goodness, let's stop all the news, he's tested positive, or... Um, Sophie Trudeau, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she tested positive, of and wife. one of the senators just tested positive. Rand here, Rand Paul mm-hmm. tested mm-hmm. positive, and mm-hmm. it's. Um, I find it interesting. I mean, the celebrity culture persists here, and why is it that um, why is it that we look to a celebrity as where we're going to get mm-hmm. our information on this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and the professional athletes that have tested positive. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and it's opened up a bit of a discussion as well as to why some people have access to testing and results so quickly and others first of all, have a more difficult time being tested, and it takes so much longer yeah, we for them can't to get, get the results. Here in Colorado, it is tough to get through to a doctor yeah, right now. that really opens up a whole other conversation. Yeah, it, it really, really does. Uh, one of the stories I was looking at um, that I find interesting, and, and this is one of the groups of people that often gets forgotten by society anyway, but... Mm-hmm. One of the places this virus has started to spread is in prisons. Mm-hmm. And so we've seen some panics. In in countries outside of the U.S., there have been prison riots already. you got to let us out of here, man. This thing is spreading. So we have a number of places in America. We have overcrowded prisons. And these prisons, um, you know, you have, I don't know, 100, 200 guys in triple bunk beds in a room the size of a high school gymnasium, and they can't move. They can't right. go anywhere. Right. And uh, I guess I want you to know, if you're listening to the radio in prison, we haven't forgotten you. Uh, the, I, we understand that your situation is tougher than ours. You don't have options. And um, we will, you know, we're offering, you know, I'm praying for you guys in there and gals, whichever prison you happen to be in. But that one, that one dawned on me, as hard as this is for us, we have options. And mm-hmm. some people have no options. Mm-hmm. Including the homeless as right. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're another group that... <laughs> like Skid Row in L.A. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I know. And it tends to go through those camps pretty quickly. There are no options. I mean, right. yeah, wash your hands with a bar of soap. Mm-hmm. Where am I going to get a bar of soap? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And, you know, if you want to help people and you want to minister to them a little bit, maybe that's something you could do. Mm-hmm. You you bought lots of Purell. Maybe drop some of that off um, at the homeless camp. Distribute bars of soap if they don't have it. Give them something to do. Because doing something actually takes your mind off of it. There's something in Correct. human nature if you do something about it regardless of its degree of efficacy, doing something helps you mentally, I think. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, bleaching our bathroom. None of us has it, but there's something that, uh, I bleached the bathroom. That felt good. Yeah. I'm well, doing, doing something. something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ruben, you you started a little project talking about yeah. how we could reach out to people and sort of show the love of Christ in a time like this. You started a little project that I really like that deals with nursing homes. And the story I hear out of nursing homes is the bad news. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It, this virus went like wildfire through the weakest of the week in a nursing home. Um, tell us a little bit about what you're working on as a family, because I really love this idea. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we, we we got an idea. My wife got an idea um, from, um, I don't know where she got it, but uh, she came up with the idea, and it turns out um, a lot of other people are also doing this. Um, what we're doing is we're calling nursing homes in the area. If you think about it, um, people in nursing homes are cooped up. Oh yeah, they're among mm-hmm. some of the highest risk 
potential cases for this. They were disease. the first quarantinees. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And here in Loveland, we have we have you know uh, the first cases of of COVID in Loveland were reported in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just, we know well. Just just blocks from just my house. Blocks, as a matter yeah. of fact, yeah, yeah. that's exactly yeah. right. And. Um, and they're on lockdown, and they can't see family. They can't interact with a lot of people. Um, some of these nursing homes actually bought their their clients, their 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 residents, iPads so that they could do FaceTime and oh, such really? with family. Oh. I thought that was really cool. That's neat. And you know, we're not in a position to, to do something like that. But what we are doing is we, we're reaching out to as many people as we can. We started with our neighborhood, our our, our groups that we affiliate with, um, and just having people write cards of encouragement. Um, kids cards for cheer or, or whatever. I haven't come up with a name. With yeah. It. And we've actually called the nursing homes. So we, we've said, hey, if we did this, is this something that you guys think we well, could pull off safely? That would be important to yeah. check. I Absolutely. Mean, don't just sure. drop stuff no, off at a nursing exactly home. Exactly right. Yep. Yeah. We called and all but one nursing home was thrilled about the idea. Nice. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. And they're, they're like, we will work with you. And so we're coordinating with them to make sure we do this safely. Um, we're, we're working on, uh, you know, off of CDC guidelines for, for how to handle mail and things like right. that. Um, how to make sure it's disinfected before it gets delivered, that kind of stuff. But the idea is to really bring these residents some cheer and, and really lift them up in a time like this. I mean, think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're cooped up in a nursing home. You're not allowed to see family. I mean, how would you feel? Ah, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, Just and, isolated. Yeah, and the isolation there is very real because yeah. this is uh, the highest risk group that we've got. What a great idea. I mean, I know this is a crisis, folks, and your number one priority is to take care of your family. When the Bible talks about providing for your family, it doesn't just mean... Um, it doesn't just mean financial provision. Mm-hmm. It means care for your family, and that's your biggest priority. But there's an awful lot of people out there that aren't being cared for or loved, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and they're just as scared as, as you are. What a great idea. And mm-hmm. there is something about serving others that takes your mind off of your own problems, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, um, our... Our fellow citizens who are living in, in nursing homes and in groups like that, the fear, the fear that's around it, those cards that, that you're mm-hmm. sending them can hopefully alleviate not only the isolation, but a little bit of, about that fear. And um, something else, Ruben, you and Miranda did that I don't know if you guys know the impact of a small act of kindness that you did over the weekend, but one of our coworkers shared with me that you and Miranda reached out to her on the weekend and just said, we're going to the grocery store. Is there anything we can get for you? Because this yeah. person is in an at-risk category. Mm-hmm. And um, just that little act of kindness meant the world to her. Wow. She teared oh, up great. when she shared that story with me. Oh, and so if all of us um, yeah. just think about the people living next to us, and I did the same thing after that yeah. co-worker <laughs> shared yeah. with me in tears. I right away reached out to our neighbor, Sean. I thought, oh, why didn't I do this earlier? But it inspired <laughs> me to reach out to her and say, I'm going to the store on this day, anything I can get for you. So those small things that we do for each other in this moment, you know, that's where we see that hope. And that's where we see how we can make a difference as Christians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I agree. You guys remember the story about the woman going into the grocery store and she passed a car and they rolled the window down a crack. It was an elderly couple saying, please, Mm -hmm. we're really scared to go in there. Would you pick up a few things for us? And I'm thinking, I don't have that same level of fear. I go in the store, I stay 8 to 20 feet away from everybody, and my goodness, 
Yeah. What a moment. And you've got to wonder. I know we have to take another break here, but you've got to wonder. This is scary. Some people are going to be hurt by this. Mm-hmm. But what if we came out the other end as better people, all of us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of us. Because mm-hmm. there's something about a crisis that focuses a generation on what it means to be human, mm-hmm. what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be a genuine citizen of a, of a neighborhood or a nation. And we could be better people on the other side of this. I know it's a crisis, but let's all look for what we could do to grow in this thing and maybe recapture some of what used to be in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the neighborhood feel, some of the community feel that we used to have. We've gotten so polarized as a country, and people are at each other's throats all the time politically. What if we came out the other side of this more of a family? I mean, maybe there's a a silver lining in this dark cloud. We have to take another break, and we're talking about COVID-19, what it means to all of us. We know you're going through the same thing with us. That's what we're discussing today here on Disclosure. We're going to take a little break. Here's something else you can do while you are waiting out your self-isolation. Get to know the Word of God a little bit better. We have an opportunity for that right now, and we'll be right back. Disclosure is just one of the programs brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy, like the audio adventure program, Discovery Mountain. Discovery Mountain is a weekly Bible-based program for kids of all ages and backgrounds. Your family will enjoy faith-building stories with Jake Donovan, (laughs) Mr. Simon, and others in this small mountain town. Each summer, campers visit Discovery Mountain, where they sing songs, learn about God, and reenact a Bible story with the help of drama teachers, Miss Wendy and Miss Tamara. With 24 full episodes every year and programming every week, your family will have something uplifting to listen to every week. Listen to episodes on demand and watch video features from director Doug at discoverymountain.com or on your favorite podcast platform. That's discoverymountain.com. Thanks for joining us today as we share isolation with you. I know that sounds weird, but here we are in the basement of the Voice of Prophecy. Every one of us virtually saran-wrapped and hermetically sealed and sort of keeping our distance from each other. But going through this with you, you know, this has affected our lives. Colorado is actually in one of the, um, I don't want to say top ranking, that's the wrong way to describe this, but mm-hmm. it's in one of the worst affected states. It sort of mm-hmm. moves in and out of fifth place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I noticed that here in our county, in Larimer County, it spiked recently. We went from, mm-hmm. we had one case for like more than a week, and now we're, yesterday was at 32, 33, yeah. Yeah, something like 30. that. Thirty-five now, if I remember. Thirty-five, and it doesn't sound like a lot until you realize what they're saying is that this thing's just incredibly catchy, Mm -hmm. right? So where have these people been? And I think case number one lived out by the mall, and the thought that popped into my head was a paranoid thought: How many often did this person walk through the mall before they were symptomatic? Right. Yeah. So that's not a paranoid fact, though. A lot of the math is showing that people are very contagious when they're pre-symptomatic. Yeah, here, here is something that's going on for our family, and I think this might be true for a lot of people listening today, something that we've been having to navigate. Gene and I are immigrants to the United States of America, and um, 
they closed the American-Canadian border a little mm-hmm. while ago. Mm-hmm. I think technically if we show up with a Canadian passport, they'll let us in because we're citizens and that we can come back the other way. But yeah. everybody we know in our family is on the other side of the border. And so you see the world shutting down and your loved ones are thousands of miles away. And it's an odd feeling. I'm thankful that in this day and age, I can pick up a cell phone or I can get on uh, Skype and we mm-hmm. can talk to family. I'm thankful that that's there, but it's an odd feeling. And the other one is our oldest daughter was away at college. And of course, they shut that down and it's going virtual. Mm-hmm. And she's got a job offer for the summer out there. They tell her it's still on and she was trying to hunker down in place. And um, and we just found out that that's not as real as we thought, and her place to hunker down has disappeared. And so we're navigating, how do you get her home and expose her to the least amount of risk? Right. The good news is, right now, you can get an airline ticket for, like, five bucks. <laughs> I mean, almost. it's almost it's insane. I really? saw $36 tickets across the country. Right. And so we've that's chartered right. her through small airports. We've One, you know, one airport. Yeah, <laughs> one airport, no connections. And she's going to make a homemade mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and bring her a little bottle of Purell worth $5,000 now if you have one of those. <laughs> and, and we pray for her. And we'll talk before the show is over about some of God's promises for believers is, and uh, and for those of you who'd like to get to know God better. There is some comfort in all this thing. But we had to we had to figure that out. And we had an opposite problem 24 hours earlier. She needed a car for her new job, and we didn't know how to get it to her. Mm-hmm. And you actually looked up shipping. You can ship a car for 600 what? bucks across the country. Yeah. Like, you can, you can mail that? a car. for. They put it in a truck, and it goes on a back oh. load, mm-hmm. and it's about 600 bucks to send it. That's mm-hmm. about what it would cost you to fly across the country on average anyway, or to drive between gas and hotels and meals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can actually load a car in a truck. So I was looking for a used car that my kid can afford, and, and then it flipped. Now she's coming home, and I guess we'll shop for that car together. You have a month to figure out the car now instead of a week. (laughs) Here's one observation. Here's one observation. We were out in car lots, and all the salesmen are sitting in the showroom alone Uh with nothing to do, like eight of them. And I remember one guy coming out saying, man, you're shopping today? Everybody's scared. I said, well, a car lot seems like a fairly safe place. Right, outdoors. Yeah. But that was... A week and a bit ago, uh, it, it's changed since then. You know, I yeah. wonder if even the salesmen and and I remember that experience, Sean, because the salesmen were shaking our hands. I was like, "Why are you shaking my hand?" Like, but now, ten days later, I'm sure they're just six feet yelling apart at you saying, with a megaphone <laughs> from across the lot. Things change so you, quickly. You saw the ads. Yep. I don't know if you guys saw the ads, but a lot of people are actually hiring right now. CVS mm-hmm. is hiring. Mm-hmm. Grocery um, stores are hiring. Some of the big chains. Amazon and Walmart are yep. hiring. Yep. 150 thousand people i think walmart is hiring really yeah. because they can't keep the warehouse stocked they i think keep, exactly and, right. and it's not yeah. not necessarily the front lines they're hiring for yep. it's for like the behind mm-hmm. the scenes yeah. positions they so if really you're out there and you've lost work mm-hmm. um there are opportunities mm-hmm. there are opportunities out there and let us do that as a psa and mm-hmm. you've seen those ads Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I sent there. you a link last night. Um, there, there were forty different um, main chains yeah. and stores that we would recognize if I said them that are all hiring. Yeah, right? not after yeah. we do this publicly. Right. Those jobs will be filled <laughs> up right now. But you know, a lot of people are living in fear. They've been sent home. And we don't know how long it's going to last. We've watched the stock market slide. We'll talk about that at some point, either today or next week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so there's some genuine worry. How am I going to provide for my family if I, you know, that thought occurred to me. When here in Colorado, they suddenly shut down all of the restaurants. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm thinking the average waiter and waitress, or not the average, but a lot of them, 
are pretty young. It's their starter job, and they're in an apartment, and they're in their 20s, and they don't have two-month savings. They just don't have it. So they get sent home. Now what? And remember, I said, I predict they'll have to pass a law that you can't evict them until this crisis uh-huh. is over. So they, they did, did that. Pass that. But then, not every, I know we love to paint a, an evil picture of the evil landlord like it's a Dudley Do-Right <laughs> cartoon tune, but not a lot of them are rolling in cash. That's how they provide for their families. And so now sure. they can't collect rent, and mm-hmm. and it snowballs. And a lot of people are hurting. So, um, you know, folks... Um, if there is a business you can patronize still and, and maintain your family's safety, mm-hmm. don't forget everybody's relying and mm-hmm. everybody's in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you yeah, know, you take know, advantage of what you can. Well, the, the ripple effects, you know, I, I uh, texted with my uh, lady who cuts my hair yesterday and she just asked, I need to cancel your April appointment. And, and I just wrote back to her, no problem, but you know, I was concerned for her because this is her livelihood and it affects her. It affects her husband, her daughter. Um, just those ripple effects this morning in our staff worship. We all are now having staff worship in this unique time that we're in by phoning into a phone number. And then we all we, we all connect just on audio. And there were a number of us shared prayer requests for family members who are small business owners who are really, really hurting right now. So I know a lot of our listeners are in that same position. Um, there's a lot of, of worry and fear about how are we going to get through this? How long is this going to last? Because there's uncertainty about the yeah. timeline. So we just need to pray for each other. Yeah. Um, our youngest daughter was supposed to graduate high school in May. Yes. And so we lined up all the trips from grandparents, and mm-hmm. grandparents aren't so sure they want to come, and we have no idea if there's actually going to be a graduation. And that doesn't seem like a big deal to you if you're 50-something years old and, and you're focused on career and mortgage and stuff, but that's real to her, and that's real to a lot of the young people in your homes as well. Mm-hmm. I saw one I don't dare mention too much. I saw one kid wrote a note, Dear Coronavirus, thank you so much. He was seven years old for destroying my birthday, and he wrote a, swe- <laughs> he wrote a swear word. He did. Oh, Dear Mom, yeah, well, I yeah. know you have lots of soap and water in the house. There's a there's a remedy for the swear word. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, talking about our youngest Naomi, yeah, it, this is tough. This oh, is yeah. tough on these kids. Mm-hmm. I think more devastating. They haven't. Her school hasn't made a definitive decision about graduation yet, but the kids are all anticipating it'll be canceled. But the school did make the announcement last week that their senior class trip was canceled. These kids oh, have been yeah. saving money for four years to go to Hawaii, and that was canceled. And they're devastated. And I've watched her process this information. And, of course, devastated down in the dumps at first. But even already, less than a week after that, she's starting to kind of make jokes. Like, oh, everybody who graduated in 2020, we're going to be able to say to our kids one day, yeah, you're complaining about your high school graduation? Well, I didn't get a high school graduation. So they're kind of seeking that support from each other and and already seeing how they'll look back on this time and that was super encouraging to me to see that transition in our kid wow hey mm-hmm. reuben i mean other than you can't go to the playground what are you seeing are there some tangible effects for your kids man this is different now because of coronavirus yeah definitely you know the the most obvious effects for for us were actually weeks ago, before the schools shut down. Mm. My 11-year-old was freaked out. Mm. And 
she was freaked out because kids talk and it's like the game of telephone right at school right she's hearing things and i said you know what are you hearing what is it that 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 is really freaking you out not that this virus not that i'm diminishing the the potential severity of this but but she was hearing a lot of things that just were not accurate mm. and so i had an opportunity to talk to her and talk to her honestly about this virus. I'm not sugarcoating it. Yeah, this can this can kill you. This can end your life. Wow. Uh, you know, tough discussion with right, little ones. Right. But but at the same time, you don't have to worry, you know. So you do things you do things to really encourage them, you know. We're really help them focus on the present. You know, I was reading some some guidance here on how this affects children in general. Sure. And, um, you know, some things some things to look out for. And we definitely saw this early on. Um, and in 11-year-old, you know, a lot of things are changing for her anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So so yeah. things are difficult as it is. That's a hard age. It's a hard age. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. You know, new school, new age, and then this, right? Oh, so, no. you know, excessive crying or irritation, returning to behaviors they've outgrown, excessive worry or sadness, um, unhealthy eating, sleeping habits... Things like that you want to watch out for in your kids. Sure. You know, if, if something's off, don't dismiss it. Mm-hmm. Try to figure out what's going on wow. there. You know, and, and, and some of the advice that I've heard, and really this is really like my, my gut as a parent, but I, I've, I've seen, you know, psychologists kind of back this and taking time to talk with your children or your teen about COVID and, and be honest with them. Yeah. Age appropriate, but be honest with them. Don't hide it from them because they know when something's up and you're not really telling them the full story. Sure. They really do. Um you know, you know, I think that's a big point, yeah. Ruben. I um, I know that we've tended to sugarcoat things as we move through the 20th century. It used mm-hmm. to be, if somebody died in the family, there was a wake. Yeah. The deceased was in the house. The kids saw the person. They mm-hmm. went to the graveside. They said mm-hmm. we. And to some degree, we've. I think, and you know, eventually, maybe we'll get our our uh, basically our resident psychologist on board with Jennifer, yeah. but. Um, I wonder sometimes if we don't sugarcoat things too much, and then people grow up with a, a warped sense of reality. Yeah, yeah that's that's an inter- that would be an interesting study coming out of yeah. this. So, how did you do that with your kids, man? This is dangerous. I mean, you just were you that blunt? Well, I mean, I kind of wrapped it in positivity, <laughs> right? Yeah. Good. So, yeah. you know, I said, well, you know, I, 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 for for me, it was a little easier. It was kind of a little bit more obvious than it may be for other other situations, but, you know. W- when I found out what she was hearing about this thing, mm-hmm. I, it was so out there that I was able to stop it right there and say, and say this is not true. What you're hearing mm-hmm. is just is just not true. Um, and I explained to her how kids sometimes misinterpret things and, and, and then they, they tell other kids. And, and so how, you know, how she was hearing these things, I don't know. But the, but she was hearing them. So then I was, you know, in that I, I kind of was honest. I was like, yeah, this this can hurt somebody it can be life-changing for a lot of people um you know i gave her some of the facts about who it was affecting most seriously at Mm -hmm. the time you know and at the time and it still is you know affecting people with health conditions and who are older um not to say that that's gonna you know eliminate the risk but it was just really kind of just stepping through it and and then and then immediately kind of finding something we could focus on that was positive and, yeah. you know, say, hey, look, this is what we're going to do if school closes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Can't believe it. We're, we're like, what, 42 seconds away from the next break. Mm-hmm. And I know we're at, whatever's going on in your house out there, I, I'm just hoping that as you listen to us discuss this, you can realize, man, we're all going through the same thing right now. We're feeling what you're feeling. And um, we're going through it with you. And we have a great God that we serve. 
And we're not alone. This is catching us by surprise. A lot of things, every day brings a new surprise, but none of it is surprising to God. You're listening to Disclosure from the good people at The Voice of Prophecy. We're going to take a little break, and uh, I want you to listen to what we're about to offer. It might help you with the period of isolation and being at home. And then after the break, we'll be right back to talk a little bit more about what's going on. searching for answers to life's toughest questions? Like, where is God when we suffer? Can I find real happiness? Does my life really matter to God? Or is there any hope for our chaotic world? The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers that you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or give us a call at 888-456-7933 for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online on our secure website or have the free guides mailed right to your home. There is never a cost or obligation. The Discover Bible Guides are our free gift to you. Find answers in guides like A Second Chance at Life. You'll find answers to the things that matter the most to you. Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. Welcome back from the break. The entire country is taking a break right now. It's a different day and age. And I just want to say this, folks. Um, we've been through this before in the Western world. It might have manifested differently, but we had um, we had the Great Depression. Actually, the Voice of Prophecy, the ministry that brings you Disclosure and uh, Discovery Mountain and a number of other radio broadcasts, um, it was born virtually days ahead of the stock market collapse of 1929, and uh, and it began in the years of the Great Depression, basically 10 years of extreme adversity here in the United States of America. And uh, last year was our 90th birthday. We are still here because God is bigger than these crises. Uh, My grandparents went through it. They had to step up, get on a boat, and head over to Europe because it was World War II. Well, actually, my my grandparents were in Europe under Nazi occupation, but a lot of our grandparents had to get on a boat and go there. And I've seen the meme, and there is some truth in this. I don't think it should minimize the concern people feel for their families, but we're being asked to stay at home. Mm-hmm. or not being asked to go and fight a war. Not at this point. And so humanity has gone through this before, and it really is up to all of us how we come out the other end. Mm-hmm. It really is up to all of us. And here's one story, you guys, I want to share. And I, here's what I think we're going to do, because I can't believe we're in our final segment already. We might just keep trucking. If you're on Facebook Live, we might just keep trucking and uh, lay down a show for next week, because uh, who knows when they'll tell us we can't come into the studio. So we'll just keep talking. And... Um, mm-hmm. Speaking yeah. of keeping trucking, I, I I wanted to mention yeah. the heroes of this. Yes. You know, you hear that. Mm-hmm. That's our truckers. That's our grocery store cashiers. Right. That's our healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. Aren't we all just so thankful for yeah, them we are. and their and commitment to keep the rest of us healthy? Did, did you see there was an appeal from truckers saying, we have to stop and sleep somewhere. Would you please let us stop and sleep yeah. in your parking lot? Exactly. Please. Mm-hmm. Be pleased. Because they're getting the supply lines going again and getting the food and the toilet paper. Right. And the hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one observation. There's
there's a Safeway about a block and a half from our office here, and I went in there last week, thinking I'll just pick a few things up, mm-hmm. and the produce section was empty. Now, I've seen that in third world countries. It was true in Russia prior to 1989 under, you know, communist dictatorship. But here I am in the United States of America, and the produce is gone. And my thought was, Never seen what in the in world? Life. What are you going to do with 80 heads of lettuce, people? Why would you, you know, <laughs> you can't can it. You can't freeze it. There's right. not a head of lettuce anywhere in here. Um, and, and so I'd, I'd like to appeal to people, obviously provide for your family. If you're going to have to be isolated for three or four weeks, you want to pick up a little extra. Yeah. But the hoarding, yeah. mm-hmm. and some grocery stores have stepped up around here. I was pleased. And some have, I think, Safeways in the list and some others. King mm-hmm. Supers is a local chain here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've said, you know what? The first hour of the day on, mm-hmm. on X number of days they, is for senior hours. citizens. Right. They can come mm-hmm. in. No one else is in here. And they have an hour to get done what they need to do. Well, God bless you, whoever thought of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am Brilliant. loving I am loving how we all feel like we're Americans again, and it is yeah. solving some of the polarization. Let me direct our attention, because this is current. I saw this on uh, Twitter, and it was a link to Facebook. And it was published publicly, and so... Um, I guess this is for public consumption. This is Stephanie. Uh, happened yesterday. Right. And she writes this. Stephanie, if people know you, um, hopefully they'll tell you that this is, we're talking about this right now. She writes, Things are declining rapidly, unfortunately, and based on my last few rounds of vitals and my other risks, my doctor has asked me to come in immediately. She wants a new chest x-ray, and then pending those results, will decide whether or not to admit me. Right now, I have to go downstairs, hug my boys, put on the bravest face I can for them somehow, and then get in the car and drive myself to the medical center, not knowing when or even if I will ever see them again. If I'm admitted as even a potential COVID-19 case, my family will not be permitted to visit at any time. I'm scared. Please pray. This is hard. And if you're still not taking this seriously yet, for the love of God, please listen. You don't want to be in this position, driving away from your kids, wondering if or when you'll see them again. Mm -hmm. Please just stay home. Edited. I've posted some subsequent updates on my feed since this post. Well, Stephanie, you asked for prayer. And I've seen this again and again and again on Twitter and on Facebook. One mom saying, "If I've got MS, and if I get this, who's going to take care of my little girl? I'm going to die, and there's no one out there. So here's what I want to do, live on the air. You of Those of you out there who are scared and you're facing uncertainty, let's all as a nation right now pray. All right? Let's just do that right now. Father in heaven, again, we're looking at this, and we don't have a single answer in the universe. And I know that just weeks ago, a lot of people made fun of the idea of praying, but we're making less fun of it as a nation as the thing gets worse. And there are some people like Stephanie who are absolutely scared. The first thing I would ask for everybody is that you would give them the peace that passes understanding and that they would sense that you are close. And no matter what path lies ahead of us, you still are God and you still love us and you have a plan for every one of us. Father, I can't imagine this one. Stephanie's scared. If I get admitted to the hospital, what do I do? Will I ever see my kids again? There are others going through that. Mm -hmm. Draw close to them. 
Lay your healing hand on people. I'm asking that a miracle would take place. And we thank you for the way that we're becoming a community across this nation. It is, it's remarkable how we're finding ourselves again, and we're becoming better people. May that trend continue. And may the voice that we hear through all of the clutter in the media be yours. And I'm asking for these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, Stephanie, I'm going to keep praying for you. I know our team will, and I want you to know that everybody at the VOP is. That's the voice of prophecy. That's our shorthand. Mm -hmm. We're praying for you as a country and for your families and... uh, and so on. Hmm. You know, we've only got minutes to go. I think we are going to keep on trucking. I don't even remember what we were talking about before the break. I think about your <laughs> we were kids. We're talking and about how it impacted like us yeah. personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you had mentioned, Sean, uh, the fact that we are separated from our family members. Yeah. You know, um, they're all in Canada, and that border is closed. And and I know we're not alone. And you know, never having experienced anything like this before. This is unprecedented for all of us, unless some of us lived through the 1918 flu. This, right. <laughs> this is unprecedented. I look and, like I did, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, hearing hearing for me, hearing the news that they closed the border between Canada and the U.S., when I first heard that, it was on a busy work day. I was processing a lot of information. I thought, well, good, that was the right decision by both governments. Good, smart. And then in the quiet of my worship time the next morning when I was sitting and I had my Bible open, it just hit me. And I thought, my parents, my siblings, my nieces, my nephews, they're on the other side of a closed border. And it just sort of sunk in. And I think a lot of us are experiencing that. We're, we're processing information, and then we're processing the emotion of it. And just having having those resources and those those um, things at our fingertips and being able to process that in a way is just unique for us and 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 I like what I'm seeing now as things are moving, which is people are sharing those resources and those encouragements with each other, and like Reuben and his family are doing, sh- sending those cards to the care home. That part of it is really uplifting to me, and I think that's where we're going to see the best of, of who we are as Christians and as people. Ah, oh, fantastic. I, uh, let's talk, I mean, I, I, we only have minutes to go. We are going to do another program. We will do another we program. Should. But, mm-hmm. you know, here at The Voice of Prophecy, here's what happened to us. We had actually coordinated like 170 sites across the country right. to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And it was a coordinated effort. It was a study of Bible prophecy, which we love to do. And uh, we were 10 days in. We took five years uh, we invested millions of dollars to make sure churches had wonderful resources to share the gospel. And uh, 10 days into this event, these places were shut down. First mm-hmm. places said no more than 250 people. Then government said no more than 50. Then no more than 10. And I heard in Nova Scotia, Canada, they're down to five. No more than mm-hmm. five people yeah. in one place. Mm-hmm. And so it was all shut down. And, and it's weird. You know, I, I have daily meetings every morning with pastors across the country, daily meetings in a Zoom environment. And we're all preparing for the day when the doors can open again and we can continue to share the gospel of Christ. And so uh, we talk about the crisis and how it's an opportunity to share the gospel. We talk about that for a little bit, and then we pretend that we haven't shut down and we're all training. And when this thing is lifted, uh, we anticipate get going again. But mm-hmm. here we are, self-funded ministry, so the, you know we're watching this too. And mm-hmm. here's what I—let me just put this in there, and it's not really the point of the show, but we are a self-funded ministry, and first thing you need to take care of is your family out there. You 
you got to make sure that you take care of your family. But um, if you're doing well, uh, I'd ask you, remember, we also have 40 employees. And just remember us if um, if the Lord blesses you that way. That's all I'm going to say, because this really is about what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. One quick word. We've got like, I can't believe we've got, what, three minutes left? Well, if if we can do another program, mm-hmm. um, we we should look at the promises that are in Scripture. We will. I that think we'll dwell wonderful. on Bible study and we'll look okay. at that. But let me ask one quick question. Sure. Should we panic? Mm-hmm. What's the Short difference? Is no. Yeah. Well, what's the difference? You know, does that mean you ignore it? What is panic? Mm-hmm. What would you define as panic? So panic is, um, well, what would I define it as? Yeah. Um, yeah, because I was about to go to the dictionary definition, but no, what no, I would don't say, do that. I'm on, not going to do that. That's a big old what cop I, out. Yeah, panic is According just, to Webster. Right, according I mean, to Webster. I don't like that. According to the dictionary of Rubin, panic yeah. is like unnecessary hysteric. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unnecessary yeah. activity. You know, it's, it's, it's governed by... By your emotion, by mm. your by your heart, and not that your heart and emotions are, are bad things, but your actions really need to be rooted in, in fact, in your rational brain, in things that are going to bring order to chaos. Mm. And in my head, panic is ultimately chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a vast difference between panic and preparedness. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I would say yeah. go to the grocery store and add buy 50% more than you usually yeah. would in case you have to lay by and store its biblical language. Yeah. That's a preacher for you. <laughs> um, that's preparedness. And that's being smart. Right. Right. Panic is cleaning the shelves out and leaving and nothing yeah, for that's anybody right. else. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, exactly. folks, I, I'm not even sure. I mean, I can kind of understand why everybody stocked up on toilet paper. I can kind of get it. It's like, what if I'm home for three or four weeks? Okay. So you need X number of rolls of toilet paper. Did yeah. you need 500? <laughs> right. You know, folks, let me, I don't want to get too graphic, but this disease doesn't affect that end of your body Mm -hmm. that much, not for (laughs) very many people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, by all means, adding 50% to your shopping Mm -hmm. trip so you don't have to go as often, Mm -hmm. choosing a designated person that is the one who goes to the store, Mm -hmm. these things make sense. Mm -hmm. But panicking has never helped anybody. Panic causes harm. Mm-hmm. And for the believer, why would we be panicking? Last night in our house, we read every night we're reading one verse of the Bible and just claiming God's promises. Mm-hmm. And yes. this one said in the turbulent time, be still and know that I mm-hmm. am God. Mm-hmm. Pretty hard to be still when you're panicking and God is saying, you still believe in me? Yeah, I believe in you, God. That was easy three months ago. Now God asks you again, do you believe in me? Mm-hmm. It's a little harder now. And now we have to be still when it's much harder to be. Mm-hmm. Ruben, you, you got a thought on it. We got fifty seconds to go because you've been so chatty this segment. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't really. I, I, I can't anything to that. I think. I think we are called to 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 trust in God and to to really think about um, our fellow citizens. Really, as yeah. you mentioned, you know, yeah. think about other people when we make these decisions. Mm-hmm. Here is an opportunity for Christians to show the hope that we have. Some of your neighbors, folks, don't know Jesus. They don't have a hope, an ultimate hope. For the Christian, no matter what happens, even if I should get COVID and I get the ultimate fate, I'm secure in Jesus. I'm not scared. You know, I'm concerned for my family. I'm prepared. 
But scared, no. This is an opportunity for believers to shine and show what we know and the love that we have in God and the calmness that comes from the peace that passes all understanding. Until we meet again here on this same place in a week, this is Sean Boonster signing off for Disclosure. God bless.